Hello, welcome to Extem Talk. Today is March 20th, 2020, and I'm your host, Bray from Insecular. Today, we'll be talking about the ethical impacts of government's reaction to coronavirus, followed by my thoughts on the coronavirus and the coronavirus's effect on the economy as a whole following the speech. So without further ado, let us move on to the show. Nowhere in the Bill of Rights are the words, unless inconvenient, to be found. A. Simon. Today, it seems like the federal government, either left and right, um, under the guise of the Patriot or COVID-19, is seeking to violate human rights. And today, under the coronavirus, is no exception. So today, let's ask yourself the question, what are the ethical impacts of the government's response to COVID-19? And the answer is, there are three primary impacts. First, it's through the violation of property right. Second, it's through the violation of the right to peaceable assembly. And third, it's through the violation of the right for taxation with representation. Now, on to my first point of property rights. According to the Business Insider, on March 16, 2020, is that New York City suspended rent. In other words, as of right now, renters in the city of New York no longer have to pay rent to their landlords. Now, the last time I checked, when a renter goes to a landlord, they sign a contract saying, I'll pay you so, so much money every month if you, were to, if you were to maintain the place that I'm living in. Or your property that I'm living in. So, in other words, these renters are under contract to pay their landlords a certain amount of money. Now, they're violating that contract. Meaning that landlords, who are usually middle-income people like you and me, are finding themselves not even being able to pay their bills. And what's even worse is that these landlords have to put up with unfaithful customers. And this is because not only is rent suspended, but so is eviction. So now landlords find themselves unable to remove unable to remove unfaithful renters from their property, meaning that these renters are practically stealing robbing the landlords of their own property. Now, I don't know about you, but the right to property is one of the three essential rights to human, for humans. And it is nothing to be messed with. Now, onto my second point, the violation of peaceable assembly. Now, according to March 11th on 2020 uh, in the Seattle Times, an article states that the city of Seattle, Washington, recently banned gatherings of more than 250 people. So in other words, if your church has 265 people, Christians, you can no longer worship and praise God in the same house due to this law. And if you're a Muslim or a Hindu, you can no longer go to your temple or your mosque if you have 251 people who go because your gatherings have been banned. Meaning... That not only is not only is your right to peaceable assembly, which is in the First Amendment, your right to exercise your religion, arguably the most important right, is also being violated by these laws. 
And once again, peaceable assembly means that people can congregate in one area peacefully, in whatever numbers they want. Do what they want. Now it seems as the government is seeking to violate this. And what's even worse is that many local businesses rely on many of these major events for their yearly revenue, meaning now that since many of these actual events are banned, many small businesses are going out of business because their revenue sources are gone. Now, onto my third point. Of simply, of your right to taxation without representation is being violated. Now, according to Chris Anhol, a popular constitutional spokesperson on March 19, 2020, is that $500 billion in a stimulus package has just been approved by the Trump administration to go to everyday Americans for damages from the coronavirus. Now, this is not exactly a stimulus package. In fact, it is a taxation package. This can be seen by Tom Wood and Tom's Woods by Tom Woods, a senior fellow at the Mises Institute in his book Meltdown, where he illustrates the phenomenon of inflation. Inflation is where the in, the supply of money in the economy, in other words, the supply of US dollars is increased. So, now what's going to happen is that the Trump administration just released just released 500 billion more dollars into the American economy. Now what this means is that the buying power of your dollars already in the bank is going to go down because the because since there is a higher supply of money, prices are also going to increase with inflation while the money in the bank does not in effect you're being taxed and because the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, both organizations in charge of printing money, are run by bureaucrats, unelected, official, unelected officials, meaning that you have no say in how you get taxed, violating your right to representation and government, specifically your right to be taxed with representation. So once again, we find ourselves asking the question, what are the ethical impacts of government's reaction to the COVID-19 virus? And we can see this in three ways. First is the violation of property rights. Second is the violation of peace, peacefully assembling and the exercise of religion. And third is through the violation of the right to use, to the right to be taxed with representation. So, once again, the last time I checked, Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that rights are to be enforced only when convenient. And may I add on to this? These rights are not given by government, they are given by God. And God says, do what is good. Not only do what is good, when it is convenient. So I say this. Government must respect these rights morally and ethically, and are violating their duty to the American people. Thank you. We'll be back after this short break. COVID-19. The latest doomsday virus. 
Honestly, today I just find myself sitting in this room. I find myself just surprised about the reaction to this. Um, you know, it was like, uh, let's, I was just listening to some podcasts, specifically, like I said in the speech, Chris Anahol, excellent. But um, one of the things, like, it's, one of the things that she brings up is that who benefits from this is that, as you see now, is that it's, it's, that it seems like everything's being overblown. Like, one thing that's, that I kind of find myself surprised by is that people are literally inviting the federal government to intervene in their lives, to give them free money, to have military people literally show up in front of grocery stores, test people for COVID-19 at gunpoint. Now, people want governments, the government fairy, to come over them with a magic wand and fix everything. Like, I mean, who are we? Socialists? Communists? Wimps? Cowards? The last time I checked, the fe- the founding fathers wanted, never thought that government should provide every anything other than protection. They thought, provide yourself with your own food, provide yourself with your own income, provide for the family by yourself. Provide your family with for your friend, with your wife, for your friends. But don't rely on government. And just for those who are probably saying, but we can trust the government. So last time I checked, I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this thing has gone to the DMV. In fact, one of my friends said that she had been literally waiting in the DMV for nearly three hours because someone decided to take an extended lunch break. So, once again, raise your hand if you trust the DMV. I'm pretty sure no one does. And if you're a DMV official, you might be the only one. No offense. So, my point is, is it... So, you don't trust government with giving you a driver's license. Why are you going to trust them with your life? So if you don't trust the DMV, don't trust the federal government with your health care, with your guns, with your freedom of speech, with your house. And another thing that I find myself just astounded by. So I was talking to some people that I know about COVID-19. We got into this whole debate talking about how like this whole thing about like why we need to shut down the economy. So I I touched on this in my speech, but right now it kind of seems like people are using the excuse 
of a national public health crisis. That we need to shut down the economy for the greater good. So, a couple things. So, first, the government is literally forcing, under threat of legal penalties, for restaurants to shut down, for bars to shut down, for mom and shops to literally shut down. Okay, two things. So, who owns Mom Pa's shop? Is it the government or Mon Pa? It's Mon Pa. So, what right does the government have to come roll in there and say, shut down your business? The last time I checked, my house is not owned by the federal government. It's owned by me. It's owned by, if you owned your your house, unless if you're debt-free, your house is owned by you. You control your property, not Uncle Sam. So, in other words, no government has the right to violate the God-given right of property. And that is exactly what is happening. Another thing that I have seen, that I just am astounded by, is that I've heard, I heard about this woman who has two, has two daughters um, she rents and has a has a dance studio, but she had to shut down her dance studio due to where I live, Broward County law, or I believe it was state law, to shut down all non-essential shops. In other words, go into lockdown. So what's happening right now? So this mom is literally not being able to provide for her family because her dance studio shut down. Once again, she owns the studio. Not Governor DeSantis. So DeSantis, get out of here. It's not your land. You have no right telling people that they need to shut down their businesses. And they are certainly not harming any other people. And also, this woman's customers... Also, because of many businesses having to shut down, have lost their jobs. So, in other words, not only is her property rights being violated, but the rights of their, but she doesn't have any clientele anymore to serve because of the stupid coronavirus re- reactions. And all of this is done in the name of slowing the curve. I have to ask you this question, Mr. Trump, Senator Scott, Senator Rubio. 
Governor DeSantis. First of all, these people are not guaranteed to die. These two or one or two million people that you're talking about. They're not guaranteed to die. And second of all, you're assuming that all these people are going to fall dead at the same time, which there is no evidence for. And third is, is that let's assume that these people are going to be hospitalized and possibly die. Do you have the right, in the name of saving those people, to damn the rest of us? Because what's the effect of this? Families, poor people, Democrats, Republicans, the people that we're supposed to care care about, they're the ones being harmed. The people that can't, that literally cannot afford, who live on minimum wage, they're the people that are being cut. It's those families that are not being able to support themselves due to these policies. Not to mention, most of America lives paycheck to paycheck. Now, once again, that's partly due to people just not being exactly wise with their money. My point is, is that when you cut off people's... This is, these people can't go buy food. They can't pay their mortgages. Because you're intervening in the free market, you're pretty much damning the rest of us. Where we literally cannot pay... For a doctor's visit. Or even to listen to a podcast on our phones. Because our internet bill is too expensive. Even relatively people who have good jobs are finding themselves unemployed. Or have suspended pay. Not to mention people with small businesses who are finding themselves either laying off their customers or going bankrupt altogether because they cannot su- because they cannot support their business without the incoming revenue what about for all the elderly people and their 401k's who just had all their stocks collapse because once again of these coronavirus reaction And so you can see is this this is stupid. So I have a question for you, Mr. Trump. Is your duty to help to help Americans because stocks have crashed or once again and this is mostly shutdowns are not by the government all you governors your duty is is to your people now we're finding our people literally penniless And Mr. Trump, you just bailed out these airlines. You're bailing out the banks with artificially low interest rates. 
granted, you have gone, you did lower the red tape, which is, is good, but to help the American people, the best thing you can do is open up the free market. Now, aside from that, that was just me going on a tangent there. But my point remains is that, once again, is the reason why everybody, everybody's life is sucking right now so much is due to the government. Now, once again, so another crazy thing is this $1 trillion spending bill, which the Trump administration has recently just passed, $500 billion of which are going to be distributed to the people. Now, I did go through this a little bit in my speech, so let me just enumerate on this a bit more. So you know, if you're going to start finding yourself having checks from the government. So let's go into depth a little bit this, about this inflation. So I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you're probably sitting at somewhere at home or spending most of your time at home or working from home. So most people are either laid off from work or not working. So no goods are being produced at all. But now the federal government is sending you free checks. So now what we're going to have to see is that there's a limited supply of goods, but an increase in the money supply. Meaning that the supply of goods is going to skyrocket. Because there's a limited amount. Remember, a limited amount, low supply and high demand increases this the price of a goods individual goods couple that with an dramatic with increased inflation things are not going to end up well so once again the best thing government can do is stop this crap release just release all the sanctions, release the lockdowns. We're fine. Now, what's arguably even worse is that people are actively inviting government to do this. In fact, a man named Ricks recently, um, I heard about a man who literally asked Senator Rick Scott. When are we going to have mili- when are we going to have the National Guard swabbing people in front of our mailing centers, in front of our post offices? I don't know about you, but this country was founded upon the principles of self-reliance. We are literally we have this slave mentality in our minds about how we need our masters, the government, to help us. We're stuck in this mentality that we think we are free, but we're slaves. 
if you're a free man, why do you need to go to the federal government for help? Why do you need their permission for you to continue your business? So, that's what's bothering me. Is that we find ourselves today that if we believe, we're starting to believe that the Founding Fathers founded our government, founded our nation upon the idea that every man was to be free, was to be self-reliant. Or, let's just say if you have to rely, is that the government was only there to protect your rights. The federal government was only there for providing with, with dealing with foreign powers. And government was instituted among men to protect their rights. So in other words, governments just making sure that order is kept. That's it. So, once again, is... But now we're asking the federal government to come and take care of us. And that's simply not how it's supposed to be. It's not how it's designed to be. And let me just point out is that the Constitution never gives the president the right to take over industries, to violate property rights, to declare national emergencies. The idea of this enemy, of this invisible enemy is silly. In fact, once again, is it, if the coronavirus is only an enemy that the government can see, then COVID-19 should be our friend. Because whatever stops the federal government from taking on more power is what is good. And this also brings me to another thing. So, and this probably has to do with Christianity. So one thing I know is that's been going on is that churches have been canceled. People are going to self-quarantines. So right now, if this thing is as bad as it's supposed to be, and where is the church? I mean, the church, we're the ones... Now, I mean, and many people are going to ask me is that if government's not going to provide the safety net, who will? Who's going to provide the safety net for people going to poverty, for people who get sick, who can't pay for it? The answer to that question is the Christian church. In times past, in medieval times, it was the Christian church where people would go to get medical care, to get medical help. So, if this, if there is anything that the church should take away from the COVID-19 is that it's time to stand up is to literally shove government out of this way 
when it comes to providing for the poor and take back our duty as Christians to be the number one place in the world, the number one people, the number one caretaker in the world. That's what we as a church need to do. And people get out of this mentality that it's uh, that you need the government to help you. It's not. It's, it's been done. The government has done this to kind of don't engage in a slave mentality. And another thing that some people may bring up is that people have a right to medical care. The people have a right to being treated. And I think there is a certain thing to that. Like, um, if someone were to get shot by a shotgun and need immediate medical help, then I think it is reasonable for a local or state government to say that, okay, hospital, you have to treat this man. But, once again, that's kind of in certain cases. Like, if... If you just walk in and you need Tylenol, then... Eh. But it's not a human right for medical care. There is no ingrained, God-given right for people to have medicine. And by the way, if that if something like that were to be proven, like, like um, emergency rooms would have to care for emergency cases for patients, I would turn around and say right back is that to the patients that now you have to pay up. And details can be negotiated between the doctor and the patient, but that's between individuals. So is it, my point is that no one has the right to medical, to literally medical care. I know that's going to tick off some people. And specifically... No one has the right to forcibly take money from one man and give it to another. Because remember, whether it's Medicare for all, what's going on now with these free government handouts and government... This is socialism. This is Marxism. This idea that only about how like how restaurants are public go are public places or public businesses that's complete BS bullcrap. It's you need is it every private business is privately owned and government cannot interfere in that. And the federal government has, certainly has no business, just no business in mandating medical procedures or detaining individual American citizens because they have the coronavirus. So, once again, so, I think when it comes to the... I guess my point is, is that these rights that we have, this is at the core of this.
They are given by God and ought to and must be adhered to at all times. Not only when it's convenient. And that's what governments must understand. So now, how do we as the populace do this? First, protest. Get out there and rally. Call your governor. Call your representative. Call your state senator. Call your state representative. Call your mayor. Call your city councilors. Protest. Second, come electioneer, don't vote for these guys. Have you run if there's no one else. Vote for someone you know will not violate your rights. Because Governor DeSantis, he's proved himself to be unelectable, especially after this. So don't vote for these people that violate your rights. And protest, and if do what is necessary. Don't go and don't be violent, but protest. And come to the ballot box. Because if there's one thing that I know is needed today, is a second Tea Party. We need a revolution, a political revolution, in the United States. And that has to start locally. It has to start with people being elected that understand the idea of constitutionalism, understand the principles of Christianity, and and people that you know are good people and will not violate your rights. And this stuff needs to start on the local level. Because we can work our way from bottom up and eventually these things, medical emergencies, all this crap, will not be able to happen. And that's the message for today. Have a good day. Well, that's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed. If you liked it, please click the like button, leave a comment, subscribe, follow. And once again, I'll see you Monday. Until then, enjoy.